Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. As most of you know, if you don't know, uh, our family has three beautiful kids and they're just a joy. Being home, no school to be done. I love summer, and uh, I loved it a lot more when I was a child, though. I'll tell you right now. And uh, I love our kids. They are great, and uh, they really are awesome, and uh, they, we have an amazing family. But our kids are a little rowdy. Anybody have a little rowdy kids in here? Come on. Y'all better raise your hand. I know your kids, all right? So I know how they are, and I get reports. I'm joking. But y- we all have great kids here. But one thing that uh, have always have found interesting with children is when I see parents that uh, at Disney or at the mall, which the mall, I've never been to the mall in 15 years, but you know, you go out in public and you see families that have kids and oftentimes you'll see these families and there's this one kid that you know is just wild. And what do they typically have on? They have on a little backpack that's just a leash, you know, and it's attached somehow to the parent. Y'all know what I'm talking about right here? Uh, I actually have a couple of these up here, and uh, I'm going to need a couple people to help me out for a few minutes. So Ryan and Carson, y'all are going to be it for a second. You want to come? All right, come on, Kyle. Get up. Carson, come on. You're fine. Let's need two people. Uh, and here's what I need you to do. I don't know if this is going to fit on your wrist, bro, but we're going to try. Stand up here. Carson, get on the other side. Y'all give me a second to get this on because I was going to have a headset mic. Hold on. Put that side on. Hey, put this side on me since I only have one hand now. I'm going to need you to stay close so I can talk on my mic. Here we go. It's a little tight. Well, it'll undo more than you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Not too tight, bro. What you trying to do? All right. And then uh, just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Just tight it. All right. I'm going to have a panic attack up here. All right. Hold on. Okay. Put that on. Okay. I'm going to start talking while y'all do this. So I have two of these. Did you? Okay. Okay. You just need a little bit. Just, and if you got to hold it, hold it. Okay. So uh, they, the reason why parents use this is why. It's, it's so simple. You don't want your kid running off, right? Because your kids are crazy and you're like, I'm going to put a, like a dog. I'm going to put a leash on it. Can you get that to work, bro? Okay. All right. Uh, you, so you, you, you have them tethered to you at all times. You know what I'm saying? Which I don't know about you. I don't want my kids tethered to me physically ever. I don't want anybody tethered to me ever. I'm, I'm getting anxiety right now because I'm in control of the situation. I don't want people tethered to me. But we do this so that the kids can't run away, all right? So the kids can't go away. We want them close. And if they hear, go that way as far as you can. And so when they get close, this thing's going to pull you. 
put, put that back on me. Tight, tight. All right, put, it's, it ruins the whole thing. All right, so it, it, it's so that you can, you can bring them back, right? You want it tethered. Get it tight. Just, I don't want to feel my left hand. Okay, that's, that's enough. That's enough. Okay. All right, so you get it on there tight so that if they get too far away, I'm going to hold it this time, that you can bring them back, right? And so this is what it's used for. So as I was studying this week, as I was kind of preparing for this today, I, I, I started reading the Bible and I see that in life, we can only be tethered to one of two things. All right, y'all going to be up here for a few minutes. So just smile, look good. You look great, bro. You look all right. Um, you're going to represent the bad thing. You're going to represent the good thing. All right. So we can, we can be tethered to one of two things. And the Bible talks about this, all right? And some of you, you might be new to faith today. You might be back in church for the first time in a while. And so I want you to understand this visually. I want you to kind of see it a little bit because there's a struggle that all of us face. All of us feel the tension of being in the middle of being tethered to two things. Like that's just what we, we kind of feel like. And so I want to read Paul in the Bible. He wrote several books of the New Testament. He actually talks about this struggle of being attached to two different things. He says this, Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16, it says this. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, all right? Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, all right? Kyle just wants to do evil, all right? So he's going to represent this. He just wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit, how's it feel, bro? Feels good? All right. What the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces, I want you to walk to the edge of the stage. Come on, walk to the edge of the stage. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. All right, you're constantly just kind of in the middle of this so that you're not actually free to carry out the good intentions that you have. But when you're directed, y'all come back in, you're making me nervous. When y'all come back in, you're directed by the Spirit and you're not under obligation of the law of Moses. So, a lot of you, you feel this tension. You feel this tension of like, man, I really want to make the right choice, but I feel like, y'all go back out. Y'all stay out there. Y'all, you, you want to make the right choice, but you're caught in the middle. Like, you feel the tug over here to the sinful nature, but then you're like, but I really, really want to make the right decision. Have y'all ever felt this way before? Like, inside, it's just like, I really want to be better. Like, for me, man, I know that I need to eat healthy, I need to work, I need to, I need to do some things that are gonna bring me life, right? But daggum, those donuts look so good, you know? And you're like, I'll just have a donut, you know? And, and all of a sudden, you're caught in the middle, and most of the time, you're gonna err on the side of, of, of your sinful nature. Maybe for you, you're like, I know I need to be a loving parent. I know I need to not yell at my kids. Like, I know I need to show grace. I know that, like, I need to do the right thing. I need to teach them what it's like to be a godly person. But, man, my house hasn't had one second of silence in three years. And they're so loud. The house is messy. There's a lot going on. The dog just peed on the floor. I got six kids tugging at me. And all of a sudden, your kids ask the same question 48,000 times in a row. And what do you do? You're like, would you just stop? You blow up. Oh, man, but we want to be a good parent, but we just, ah, we explode every once in a while. Maybe for you, man, you're like, I shouldn't be engaging in this conversation right now. 
there's some people, they're talking bad about a friend of mine, and I know I'm gonna be a good friend. I'm not, I'm not gonna say anything. But then they turn to you, and they're like, Clint, what do you think? Well, now I feel weird if I'm gonna stick up for my friend, right? So I'm just gonna agree and say, I know, she's crazy, right? But I wanna do the right thing. I just feel this tug between two things. Uh, for, for some of you in here, like, man, I'm gonna get serious, I really know I shouldn't go to those websites again. I really know that I shouldn't look at porn again. I shouldn't watch that. I shouldn't because it does bad. I really don't want to do this. But man, I just can't resist the urge. Something seems to be pulling me over here. Man, I really know that God's calling me to be generous with something in my life. And he wants me to really help out this family. And I know that, man, then he really, he really wants, this would make a big difference in their life. This would make a big difference, maybe, like, this would just show them that God cares for them and that God's taking care of them. But I can't, if I do that, I'm not going to have enough money to, to maybe do the thing, to go golfing this week or to, to go to the coffee shop and get what I want. Like, it's going to cost me something. So you know what? I'll do it next time. I don't know if I'm striking a chord with somebody today, but some of us were caught in this tension of like, God, the spirit, I know the spirit wants me to do this, but it seems like the sinful nature, it wants me to do this, and you feel caught. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Come on. Is that the same struggle that some of you guys have? Am I just preaching to nobody? I need to see some heads nodding or something, right? Like, we all deal with this struggle. All right, give our models a hand. They did a great job. Take off your tethers. Lord Jesus, take this off me right now. Okay. And it's funny, a lot of us, man, we want to do what's good. We have great, what'd you do, Kyle? All right, here we go. We have great intentions. We have have a great heart, like we really want to do the right thing. But we find ourselves not being able to do the right thing. And, And I want you to, like, do you feel that sometimes? Just you're kind of at war in, inside of yourself. And I just want to let you know, I know exactly how you feel. I live there all the time. And I'm like, God, I really want to make good decisions. I really want to do the right thing. But I just find myself fighting between what I know I should do and what I know I shouldn't do. And a lot of times what I shouldn't do wins way too much. And I, I find myself and I'm tethered between two things. And so here's, I need everyone's eyes on me real quick. Here's what I need from you today. Okay? I need an open heart from you today. Because I believe God is going to speak to you, but it's going to come in the form of me maybe stepping on your toes a little bit. Okay? And I'm a people pleaser. I'm working on that. I don't want to be that, but I am. But I'm afraid if I'm not a people pleaser, I won't please everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I just, I'm, I'm that way. But it's my job to teach you what God's word says so that the Holy Spirit can change your life. So I just need an open heart today, okay? I'm going to talk about some things that might be kind of in your business a little bit. And let me just say, I'm not, I don't know y'all, everybody in here in an intimate way, okay? But there might be some things that we talk about today that you struggle with. And you might be thinking, here's what I don't want to have happen. I don't want me to bring something up today and you go, man, I really hope my wife is listening right now. Man, if my mother-in-law could hear this, man, it'd be great. No, no, no. I want you to think, I needed to hear that today. And so if you find yourself today getting a little defensive in your brain, like, well, he don't know what I'm dealing with. That's a good sign that the Holy Spirit's trying to work on that area of your life. 
if you start justifying what you're doing, like, you know, well, it's not that big of a deal. It's not really hurting anybody. It just That's a good sign that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. So let's just agree from now until the end of the message, we're not going to do those things, and we're just going to receive what God has for us. Can we do that? Are y'all a little nervous? Y'all look a little nervous. Don't be nervous. This is going to be, I'm not mean, all right? I'm not mean. But the Bible is might, the Holy Spirit might be wanting to do some stuff in your life today. And all I'm asking is just let it happen. Let's see what happens today. I think it's going to be great. So with that being said, I want you to know, I love you, but I'm going to step on your toes. I'm going to get in your business a little bit, but it's all for your good. Okay. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. So before we get to that though, you have to understand the two forces that are causing that tension and causing that fight in you, all right? So Kyle's over here. He, he represents the sinful nature. And uh, because the sinful nature, it seems big, it seems strong, it can seem intimidating at times. And that's because it is strong. It is intimidating. And the Bible actually teaches us that that sinful nature, even when we become a Christian, is our default. We always fight the sinful nature. If it was all up to you, you would make the wrong decision just about every single time. Why? Because you have what's called a sinful nature. It has a strong pull in your life. That's why before you meet Jesus, before the Holy Spirit's in your life, man, you're not going to have a fulfilling life. You're not going to be able to live a victorious life with it spiritually because you don't even have the capability to. You're, you, when you're born, you're born with what's called a sinful nature. It's something that goes against everything God. It's our natural response. It's our sin nature. It's our natural response. And here's the deal. We we beat ourselves up over this all the time. And guess what? If you're in here and you're struggling with something that you know you shouldn't be doing, listen, you're not weird, all right? You're normal. But guess, but God's called you to be better than that. He's called you to live a victorious life. And so we have the sinful nature, and it's pulling us over here. And it's really hard to let go of that sinful nature. It's really hard to do those things. But we also have the Spirit, so we have the sinful nature over there, but the other thing in our lives, once we have Jesus, once we experience Jesus, we, we have the Holy Spirit. We just spent four weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. Y'all should be experts by now. If you weren't here, listen to them online, go to our website, our app, podcast, whatever, and you can listen to it. But the Holy Spirit is here to help you. He's here to give you life and to give you motion in your life. He's here to help influence you in the right way. And so the Bible says you can either be tethered over there or you can be tethered over here, but until you decide which one you're going to be tethered to, you're going to feel this tension. You're going to feel this thing going on. But those are our only two options. And both of those options are diametrically opposed to one another. Have you ever tried to put together two magnets that are the same side and they just won't go together? The, the sinful nature and, and, your, and your spirit are just like that. They don't want to come together. They're going to push against each other. They're never going to mix. They're never going to exist at the same time. They're always going to want to do different things. They never want to do the same thing. Ever, ever, ever. And so we live in this tension. And some of us feel like we're failing in our Christian walk because we seem to be making the wrong decisions every single time. And some of you might be thinking, yeah, I might struggle with something, but it's not that bad. And you're already starting to justify. You're already starting to kind of rub it off a little bit, brush it off a little bit. But the Bible, it clearly tells us you can't do both. Here's what it says. The sinful nature wants to do evil. 
There's nothing good about the sinful nature. Like there's, there's no, it has nothing good to offer you. Zero. All it wants to do is evil, which is the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit, it gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting. They're diametrically opposed. They're like two magnets. And it says this, so that you're not even free to carry out the good intentions. And so when we're caught in the middle, when we're caught in the middle of these two things, we'll never live to our full potential in Jesus. We'll never make a consistent right decision. We'll never live in victory. We'll never live in freedom. Why? Because you're torn between two things. And here's the sad thing. Some of us have gotten way too comfortable being tethered over here to the sinful nature. Way too comfortable. I like to describe it like this. How many, anybody in here have a cracked iPhone screen or Android screen? Anybody have a, a cracked screen on your phone, Skylar? <laughs> Hesitantly, okay, Christiana, here we go, okay. Do you even see the crack anymore? No. no. Do you see a crack anymore? Yeah. No, you don't feel it. Why? You're used to it. Some of us, were so used to this broken, evil thing, we don't even realize it's happening anymore. We don't even realize what we're tethered to is evil. We don't even know it's going on. And my hope today, no, no, what I'm going to do today is show you it's so much better to be tethered over here than it is over there. And so I want to let you know what your life will look like or maybe what your life looks like if you're tethered to the sinful nature over here. All right? Y'all ready? I think everybody in here is about to understand that, man, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was, all right, including me. I, I had to prepare for this. I felt like crap all week, right? So yeah, I'm just joining y'all in on it. Here we go. Galatians chapter 5, starting in 19, it says this. When you follow the desires of the sinful nature, when you're tethered to the sinful nature, the results are very clear. Now, I want to stop here for a second. We think sometimes that the tension that we feel and that war and that tug we feel in our hearts being tethered between these two things is just an internal thing. It might start internal, but at some point the devil is so evil that that internal struggle will come out externally. You will start to see it manifest itself externally in the natural. You'll see that bout of anger come out. Boom, there it was. You'll see, uh, you'll start to physically feel and physically see the difference that the sinful nature, it's very clear. The Bible says it. And here's what it's like. When you follow the desires of the sinful nature, the results are very clear. It's sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and all other sins like these. He covered a lot of them in there, right? Like in everything else that is like these. Let me tell you again. I want you to hear this as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life won't inherit the kingdom of God. Woo, that's pretty strong right there. And so here's what I'm going to do today. Welcome to church. We're going to look at every single one of those things that he mentioned right there. And I want to show you 
that, man, we might be struggling with more than these than we realize. All right, so what Paul does is he actually breaks these up into a few different types of categories, all right? The first categories that he talks about are what we call sensual sins, all right? Sensual sins. And this, this is the first three are sensual sins. The first one is sexual immorality. Welcome to church, everybody. I mean, this is just great. We're just talking about it all today, all right? This is sexual immorality. What that means, what this word is talking about is this. It's talking about adultery. Being unfaithful in your marriage. So when you have any sexual activity outside of your marriage and outside of your spouse, that's sexual immorality. That's adultery, all right? The second thing he talks about is impurity. All right, the original word for this uh, actually was fornication. All right, so this is any sexual activity with somebody outside of marriage, but before you've been married. So if you uh, struggle in here, or maybe you're a part of, uh, you know, having sexual activity, and you're not married yet, or whatever, this, you would fall into this category, impurity. That's what this word is talking about. The third thing, lustful pleasures. That includes even beyond sex with other people. All right, so he's kind of he's kind of hitting everything. It's things like pornography, your speech. How if you have like real sexual speech and jokes and all that kind of stuff. This is stuff uh, that this is what uh, lustful pleasures would be. The word that it's used there is talking about those things. So he starts by talking about the the sensual sins. He starts off with some bangers. I mean, he's like, hey, you're sleeping around on your wife. You're doing this. You're looking at porn. He, I mean, he's like going through everything all right and then he moves on to religious sins i want to camp out here for a second first one he talks about is idolatry and you're thinking i don't have any tiki wooden things in my house that i bow down to like what are you talking about i don't deal with that i want to give you a definition of idolatry that rocked me when i read this and i'm telling you it's, i struggled with it I realize I'm a lot worse off in this area than I thought it was. Here's the definition of idolatry. An idol is anything, good or bad thing, apart from God that we depend on to be happy, fulfilled, or secure. I'm going to read it again. Idolatry. It's anything apart from God that we depend on to be happy, fulfilled, or secure. Now, I want you to, to leave that up. I want you to th- Let's look at money. Do, how often do we run to money to make us happy? How often do we use money to get stuff that's going to make us feel fulfilled? How often do we save money so that we can feel secure? Now, I'm not saying that any of those things are bad. You can have nice things. You can have a savings plan for your future, your kid's future, your family's future. The Bible would actually say those are great things. But there's something that happens when we depend on that, that we like, you know what? I'm feeling insecure. Oh, God, I need to check our bank account. Do we have enough? Like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, that's turned. You're now depending on that to make you happy, to make you secure, to make you fulfilled. I mean, my word, how, how many of us struggle? Okay, let's, let's think about your children. I'm going to talk about your kids for a second, all right? I love my kids. Let's think about your job. Man, we, we depend on our children that they're just going to make me happy. Oh, I'll just be so fulfilled if we have kids. 
oh, oh, my job. Like, I, I, I don't like my job. So you chase a job that you think is going to make you happy or fulfilled or it's going to bring security. And that's becoming your driving force because you're depending on that thing. I mean, I'm telling you, anything in your life that you depend on to make you happy, fulfilled, or secure is an idol. It could be anything. The only thing that belongs in that category is God. That's why idols back in the Bible times where they actually would have gods, they would bring these things. They would, hey, we got to sacrifice something to this God because we, we're, we need to have babies. And so this God's the God of fertility. And so we're going to, or hey, our crops got to grow. Man, we, we, need to, we need to be, we need to have food. So we got to do, and, and all of a sudden, these things were replacing God and they were using them to, they were depending on them to be happy, fulfilled, or secure. But nothing's really changed. Some of us, man, we have idols in our life right now. And you're depending on stuff that just, man, man, if I just have this, it'll make me happy. Man, I just, I'm not feeling fulfilled. So I need to do that. I need to have a relationship with somebody. Ooh, I just need to make a little more. I need to feel secure. Well, guess what? Those are all idols. God's the only thing that can bring, uh, he can only, he's the only one that can bring happiness. He's the only thing that can bring fulfillment. He's the only thing that can bring security. Nothing else. So he starts off idolatry. Second one is this, sorcery. And they are thinking, I ain't no witch. What are you talking about? Like, I, this, I don't deal with this. Well, you might. Here's what this word means. And I'm sad Matt's not here because he's our pharmacist. And so this is a tricky one. The word's literally translated into the use of drugs is what this was. So in the ancient world, taking drugs, especially hallucinogens, was considered to be a practice of the occult. And so these people would have, uh, you know, they, they would come to a, a witch doctor or whatever, and they would be wanting to be healed from something, and they would say, hey, take these. And all of a sudden, that would open the world, and all of a sudden, that, that group of people that believe that sort of thing would have a grip on you. And you would owe them money, and you would do, and it opens the world to the demonic. It's if I'm being honest. And so this sorcery is not talking about Harry Potter, okay? A lot of people misjudge it. It's not talking about Harry Potter. No, no, no. The actual word for it is like drug use. Man, some of us, we live in a crisis right now where drug use is honestly rampant. And it's with opioids. It's all kinds of stuff. And some people don't even mean to get hooked on this stuff. Their, their doctor may have prescribed something. They had pain and the doctor's done it. And all of a sudden they find themselves hooked on something. I have a really good pastor friend of mine that this happened to. He didn't mean, he didn't wake up one day and go, you know what, I'm going to get addicted to Oxy. No. But man, he had to go through a rehab process. I mean, it was crazy. This is what that kind of thing's talking about. Whenever this thing has a hold of you and you start to seek that out, you've crossed into this world a little bit. So those are the religious sins. So he talks about some sensual sins, religious sins. The next, he talks about people sins. We're going to talk about this for a second, all right? So the first one is this, hostility. Hostility. This is really an attitude of the heart. Not many people are going to see hostility come out of you, all right? Hostility happens when you wish ill will on somebody else. So you see somebody, and that person walks in the room, and you're just like, I hope they blow all their tires on the way home. You know, like I just, they drive me crazy. Like, that's hostility. That's what that is, right? Like, you just wish you can't stand that person. Y'all know who I'm talking Y'all know these people I'm talking about. Some of you are, like, not making eye contact with you. I know. I know. I, these people are in my life, too. I struggle with this, all right? Um, but the Bible would say that you're living in contradiction to the Spirit when you have those feelings about somebody. We're not called to be hostile. 
That's all we're called to do. The other one is quarreling. This word actually means a combative, argumentative spirit. Nobody make eye contact with anybody right now. Okay, I see someone going. No, no, no. Okay, not about them. It's about you. Quarreling. An argumentative, combative attitude. I just want to raise your hand. Don't point. Raise your hand. How many people know someone like this? How many people have seen someone like this this week on Facebook? I have. God, y'all don't spend any time on Facebook, man. Good for you. Man, that person, this type of person, they have to chime in on everything. And they have to share what, oh, here's what I think. And all of a sudden, they like drop a nuke in the comment section. And I mean, it just blows stuff up and they're destructive. All they want to do is drop a bomb, fight. They want to just argue. These are the type of people that when they get to heaven, they're going to find something to complain about. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? And here's how it's sneaky it is. Some of it might be that overt, but some of it's not. God never called you to live a combative and argumentative lifestyle. Never did. But here's how it sneaks in. But Pastor Clint, they need to know how wrong they are. They need to know. Like, if I'm not going to tell them how wrong they are on Facebook, who's going to tell them? Nobody. What? But that's that quarreling spirit coming out. Combative, argumentative. Oh, here's another one. You ready for this? But Pastor Clint... I'm taking a stand for what's right. I need to take, what if, if I'm not going to take a stand, who will? That's that quarreling spirit coming out. You're not taking a stand. You're being a butt. To be honest, if I'm just being honest. God didn't call you to do that. God says when we have that attitude toward everything, I'll just, can I just say something? Lord, uh, yes, I'm going to say it. I can't keep up with who, as a Christian, that I'm supposed to hate and be mad at all the time. Every week, I feel like it's something different. I can't go shop there. I can't go buy coffee there. I can't, do, I can't keep up with this anymore. You know what? I'm just not going to have a quarreling spirit. I'm not going to have hostility in me. And I'm going to protect my family the best I know how to protect my family. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And I'm not going to join in on this hate. That's not what God's called us to do. I, I just want to tell you all that. All right? And the election season's coming up, everybody. And even then. We still are not to have a quarreling spirit. We're not going to have a spirit of hostility. We're not going to do these things. Why? Because we're called to a higher standard. Man, I just, all right, I need to quit. All right, I'm going to say something dumb. All right, so that's quarreling. Jealousy is the next thing. And this is the desire to have something that someone else has and you don't have. Oh, this is a big one for me. I look at other people's churches and I'm like, man, Ooh, they have a church building. Isn't that nice? Ooh, they got an LED wall. That's cool. Ooh, their microphones work. <laughs> you know, like, well, it's amazing. Man, they baptized 15 people. We baptized four. You know, and I, I just start doing this. And if I'm not careful, I can find myself getting jealous. And when you get jealous, you miss what you have. And I've had to learn, you know what? I'm going to celebrate with them and I'm going to be happy for what God's doing here. That's what I'm going to try. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be jealous about that anymore. I just refuse. It just ruins your life. I'm not going to be jealous. You want to kill something special, compare it to something else and get jealous about it. That's how you kill it, right there. We, we can't live with this spirit of jealousy. We can't do that. Second, or the other one, outbursts of anger. We're still in the people's sins. 
This is one I definitely don't struggle with. I'm, I, I, I struggle with this so much with my kids. And my, my family gets the worst part of it. And I told you, I, I, like the example I give up here was me, real life me, all right? And it's just, if things are noisy and stressful, the house is, like, it just builds up all day. And then all of a sudden, one of my kids will say, okay, is it snack time yet? That's the 15th time I've been asked that in the last five minutes. I will snap. I'll have an outburst of anger. God, stop it! You know, no one's getting snacks ever again. You know, that's just how... I can respond, but we're not supposed to do that. Anger is actually just a fruit of another root problem. So, man, we're angry. Anger is not the problem. Something else is the problem that's making anger grow. That's just what it is. And when we have outbursts of anger, we're letting that thing win in our life. Here's another one. Selfish ambitions. What he talks about. Selfish ambitions. This word was actually originally used to describe what politicians do. How many of y'all know politicians that do this they say that they they'll do things for people right but really they're only doing it because of what they can benefit from it you know what i'm talking about that's like we know that's it's real popular in politics that happens all the time but how do you do that hey will you help me move if you help me move or I, what's, if you ask the question, what's in it for me, you're already there. You're in the selfish ambition territory. We are not called to serve people and do things for people because of what's in it for us. Like, no. I, let me tell you right now, I, I love our dream team because this does not exist in our dream team. And God willing, it will never exist in our dream team. Why? Because we don't do this stuff. We don't get here early and set up and clean this place up, put the chairs out. For ourselves, there's nothing in it for me. There's a lot of sweat in it for me is what it is. But like, this isn't, no, no, no. But man, there's some, some people that struggle with that. You know what, I'll do that at work. I'll help you, but you're gonna have to help me. You owe me one. That's selfish ambition. And we are called as Christians to not be that way at all. There is no place for that as a believer. And then the, uh, one of the last things for the people sins, dissensions and divisions. This word literally means to stand apart. It means to stand apart. I can't agree with this person. I, I can't even associate with them. Boom, dissension, division right there. Like, we are called to be united. We're actually, as Christ followers, called to be peacemakers. We're called to be uniters. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says where there is unity, God commands his blessing. I don't know about you, but I want our church to have the blessing of God. And the best way to do that is just to be unified. We're not going to fight about stupid stuff. I'm not going to have a divisive spirit. No. I want people to like, let's, let's, love you. let's find some common ground. We don't have to agree on everything. Let's find some common ground and let's live together. Let's figure out a way where we can live together. That's what God blesses, by the way. It, it, where there is unity, God commands a blessing. It says that in Psalm 123. All right, last thing on the people's sins is envy. This one's tough. This is grief over someone else's good. You saw, oh, this is hard. It's, all, it's similar to jealousy. But jealousy is just that little thought of, man, I wish I had that. I wish I had that car. I wish we baptized 15 people like that church did, right? Envy is, I'm so sad that I didn't get that. Like, you're grieved at someone else's good. I can do this so horribly. Someone can be like, 
I won a million dollars. And my first response is, why didn't I? Like I said, why? no, that's, that's being envious. We, we don't have envious spirits. Christ, there's no place for an envious spirit in a Christ follower. And then he wraps it up and he talks about some social sins. He talks about drunkenness. This means drinking for the purpose of getting drunk. That's what, like, it's for the per. Like, we going out and we going out to have a good time. You know, like, we're, this is what that is. And it actually paints a picture of, this word does, of drunkenness being a waste. It's like this picture is used as like, why would you do that? Like, it's just a waste of time. It's like money. It's a waste of like friendship. It's just a waste. And then the last thing he says is wild parties. This doesn't mean you can't have fun, all right? I love having fun. I will throw it down with the best of them. I love it. But the, you know what I'm talking about. Like, there's parties, and then there's like wild parties. And we know there ain't nothing good happening at this wild party that's going to give you life, that's going to speak anything into you. But if you get around some people that, man, they just, they, they're, it's a great party. It's a good atmosphere to be around. You'll leave feeling like, oh, that was awesome. I had a great time. That was so much fun. That's the type of thing that this is talking about. Now, we, we nailed all of them. And then he goes on to say, and everything else that's like this, by the way. He, he, this is not an exhaustive list. But it, this is probably the hardest part of the message. And here's how the whole thing wraps up. And he says this, Galatians 5.21. Let me tell you again, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, here's what I want you to understand today. Some of you are caught in the middle and you are attached to the spirit. But you're also attached over here. You will not inherit everything God has for you living in the middle. And it's always going to be a struggle. Listen, you're not going to be perfect. But man, the kingdom of God, the, the kingdom of God is for people that choose. And like, you know what? I know I want to do those things. I know it's my natural inclination to yell at my kids or to have an outburst or to be jealous or to do. But I'm going to push that aside and I'm going to choose to my life to be marked by something else. Some of us, our lives might be marked by this side over here. You might be marked by some of these things, and that's how you live your life. And I just will tell you, I would evaluate your relationship with Jesus. I can't tell you if you're a Christian or not. I'm not you. I'm not God. But if your life is marked here, and all these things are going on in your life, and you're dealing with a lot of these things in a serious way, I would just tell you, you might need Jesus in your life. You might be just completely tethered to the wrong thing because the proof is as we live our lives, man, we're going to look more like Jesus. We're going to do the things like Jesus and we're going to live a different way. I don't know what goes on in your home or what goes on in your heart, but God does. And I'm not here to shame you. Listen, that's not my heart. And I hope you all know me well enough. If you don't, that's not my heart. I want to help you. And that's why this passage keeps going. All right, y'all ready for some good news? I've talked bad enough. Here we go. It says this. Well, first of all, there's something bigger going on. We, we, our life might be marked by this, but there's something bigger that God wants to give you. It's found right here. All right, here it is. Galatians 5.22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of, what's that word right there? This kind of fruit. Come on, what's that word? There we go. Thank you. Fruit. No, I love that it says fruit. You know what you can do with fruit? You can take the seeds they produce, you can plant them in the ground, and they'll grow more fruit. 
they replicate themselves in abundance. They multiply in abundance. This side leads to destruction. It leads to death. It has nothing good for you. But the Holy Spirit, man, it gives you a fruit. It gives you something that, man, will give you some sustenance. It'll give you some nourishment. It'll give you life to your soul. It'll give you the thing that you need. It'll give you the vitamins. It'll give you everything you need, and it'll give you something that you can use to plant in the ground and get even more of it later. It's always producing. The Bible describes it as a a wellspring of life that will overflow, that will never go away. The Holy Spirit, it gives you something better. It gives you something that when when you take it in, it all this, it does something. It gives you life. It gives you breath. It gives you movement. It gives you stability. It gives you different desires. And that kind of fruit looks like this. It looks like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I love how it ends. It says, there's no law to these things. There's nothing stopping you from living this way except for you. You can do all of that that you want, and it's only going to give you more life. It's only going to produce more spirit in you. But if you do these things, man, it's going to lead to death, destruction, depression, anxiety, panic. It's going to lead you to a place that you don't want to go. But man, if you can live in the Spirit, it'll give you these things. And I don't know about you, but I want my life to be marked by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what I want my life to be marked by. Why? Because that breathes life. That brings life. When you're around somebody that's living that kind of life, man, it makes you want to live that way. It makes you want to be around them even more. Why? Because the God inside of you is shining out to everybody else. And that's what people need. People don't need this. Listen, parents, your kids don't need you living here. They need a a home that's filled with the fruit of the Spirit. Your marriage needs nothing over here. Your marriage needs to be marked by the fruit of the Spirit. Your friendships, if your friends are bringing you all this stuff, they're not the ones. God will provide you better friends. Better friends that are marked by the fruit of the Spirit. Your business doesn't need this. And I know other people that look like they're successful might do these things, but God's called you to something bigger, and it's to live out the fruit of the Spirit. That's how we're supposed to do this. Who Does anyone else want that life? I want that life. I don't want to be tethered by these things. I want to take that thing off and go, I'm done with that. I might might fail every once in a while, but I'm striving for this. I want to be tethered here. And when I get drifted away, I want it to pop me back. That's what I want. So how do we get that life? Real quick, it's so easy. It sounds so elementary. But this is why we harp on you to do these things, because it helps you get closer over here, tethered to the right thing, so that you're not tethered to the wrong thing. And so some of you, you might be in both, but you look a lot closer to this side over here, and you're like, I don't even know if I can, how do I stop? What are are you talking about? Let me tell you, real easy. You're going to spend time in God's Word. And listen, you might not make it all the way over there the first day you read your Bible, but man, you, you read it the first time. Boom, just take a little step over here. I still might struggle, but you know what? I'm moving in the right direction. Oh, I'm going to read it again the next day. All of a sudden, you start getting in a habit of doing this, and you start getting closer 
and closer and closer to this side. It's, it's a lot harder to, to run over there when you're, when you're reading God's word every day, you're spending time with God every day. That's what you need. I'm just telling you, that's going to make a big difference. It might not look like it at first, but give it time. And I pray you didn't get over there overnight. So we're going we're gonna to come back over here. Another thing, pray. Spend time with God in prayer. Tell him, God, I don't want to yell at my kids anymore. Like, I, I don't want to look at those things anymore. God, I, I'm just, I'm so jealous. And when we begin to do that, it begins to lose its grip. And we begin to get closer to Jesus. Tell him these things. You know what another thing is? Community. Get around people. They're going to push you over there, not pull you over here. You can find that here. Well, I don't know anybody. Okay. If you're an introvert, you're just going to have to do it afraid. All right, here we go. Find someone today and say, hi, my name is Clint. Just go meet somebody. Invite them over to your house. Quit waiting to be invited. Why don't you do the inviting? You know, like just take the step. And you don't have to unload all your baggage on them. All right, that's a good way to just ease into that. All right, but you can ease into it. Invite them over and just enjoy the life-giving nature that someone else might be able to bring you when you get in the right community. The, the last thing I want to talk about is this, is serving. All of these things over here, serve yourself. Like, I, this is all about me. How I feel, how I, like, I'm just going to please me. I, it's all you, you, you. Over, over here is just me, 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 me. But when we serve, we start realizing, like, no, this ain't about me. This is about the Lord. This is about what God's doing. This is about building something bigger than me. And all of these things are to be given away, by the way. These aren't only for you. These should be given. Man, I can give love and joy and peace. and I can, I can do these things. And so you start, you start reading the Bible. You start praying. You start getting in a good community. You start serving. And I promise you, over time, that tether is going to disappear. And you're going to wind up over here. And you're going, man, my life looks so different. Yeah. Because you're not tethered to the wrong thing anymore. You're tethered to the only thing that can fix everything that you're dealing with. And God desperately wants that in your life. So here's what I want to do. I want to bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to wrap up. And I just, I, I got two things I want to do. First is this. If you're in here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus... You are not tethered to the right thing. I just want to tell you, and listen, you were, you were just born that way, okay? The Bible tells us that we are all sinners. We're all born sinners, and that sin separates us from God. It makes it to where we can't even be tethered to the Spirit, even if we wanted to. No matter how good we are, no matter how much we give, no matter how much we serve, no matter how nice we are, it's not ever good enough to get to God. We're just tethered over here to the sinful nature. It's just where we are. But God sent Jesus, and Jesus paid the price for you, for your sins, so that you could be tethered to the right thing. And some of you, you need to make that decision today to go, you know what? I'm going to make a decision right now to put my faith in Jesus and to tether myself to him for the very first time because I need him in my life. If that's you, I want you right now. Just raise your hand. One, two, three. Come on. Raise your hand if that's you. You want to give your heart to Jesus? All right, put it down. If that's you, you can say these words after me. Say, dear God, I need you. God, come into my life. I make you the king of my life, the Lord of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. 
Thank you for coming back to life in the best way I know how. I live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, if you made that decision, y'all keep your heads bowed, eyes closed, please. You, you made that decision, you're in a relationship with Jesus. You just tethered, tethered yourself to the Spirit. And over time, God's going to begin to do a work in you that's going to make him more like you. If you did that, let us know on the Connect card. Drop it in the back. We'd love to walk with you. But the second thing I want to do is this. is Some of you, you've already made the decision to follow Jesus. You're a believer. You're a Christian. But there's still some things in your life that have a hold of your life and you're tethered to the wrong thing, okay? I don't know what those are. I'm not pretending like I know what they are. But today is a day where you can do something that we call repent. And that just simply means I'm, gonna, I, I'm facing the wrong way and walking in the wrong direction. And repentance means I'm going to turn around and go the other way. So that means this. If you're dealing with one of these things that we talked about in a big way, I want to let you know it's affecting your life in a negative way. But there's hope for you, and it's found through repentance. And even if you're a Christian, repentance is a great thing to practice because it's recognizing that, God, I am not doing this the way that you have told me to do it and the way you've designed it. I'm, I am not doing it, but, God, today I'm turning around, and I'm going to start something new. I'm going to live differently. God, I need your help. Would you help me live differently? If that's something that you want to pray and something, if there's something that you need to turn away from today that we talked about, I want you just to raise your hand. Come on, no one's looking. Raise your hand. Come on. If you're dealing with one of these things, it's okay. God, you see our hands. You see what we deal with. You see the things that are going on, the behind closed doors. And you still love us. God, give these people with their hands raised the boldness and the courage to turn around and to go the other way. Help them receive your love again. Help them, help them experience your love again, God. The acceptance of you, God. They're already Christians. They're already a child. God, I pray that they just come back home to you and they understand that they're not going to get an ugly, mean father, but they're going to get a loving father that loves them, that's going to speak truth to them in a loving way and is going to help them be better. So God, help them understand. That's who they're running to. And God, help us live tethered to the right thing. We love you. I thank you for your spirit and how it pushes us in the right direction. And God, I just pray you help us all live in victory this week. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Come on, give God some praise, everybody. Woo!